Let us pray. Our precious Father, we want to thank you again for the privilege we have to study your word this evening. We trust you, merciful Father, that by your spirit, you will teach us your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we're still talking about guidance by the Holy Spirit that was started last week and will continue along that line today. Um, first of all, we said some things I want to repeat because they're important. You need to judge all things. It's important that you judge all things because the scripture says to do that. First John 4 from verse 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit of God. Do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit of God. Do not. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. So this is the Holy Spirit saying to us, you must test, must test, to be sure that what you're hearing is coming from God. In verse 3, but if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist. So if somebody claims to be speaking on behalf of God and does not acknowledge the gospel, does not acknowledge the truth, the testimony of God about his son, does not acknowledge what Jesus achieved on the cross for us, does not acknowledge the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that person is a false prophet. Then in verse 5, those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint. So anybody speaking from the world's viewpoint is obviously not speaking by the Spirit of God. That was what our Lord said, said to Peter. He said, that's a dangerous trap you're setting, devil, because you do not see things from God's point of view. You see things from the world point of view. So those people belong to this world. So they speak from the world's viewpoint. And the world listens to them. Unfortunately, many Christians speak from the world's viewpoint. The Christian viewpoint is not, it's not something you think is very, very popular among Christians. And then pretty soon you are going to see why it is so. Because we respond to things first with our mental, with our mental uh, 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 faculty. That's our first part of call our mental faculty, our senses. That's a fact. We really dwell there. So you find that the Christian viewpoint is not really something that many, many Christians even understand, let alone being led by it in all circumstances of their life. Number two is do not be in a haste. Do not be in a haste. The devil likes to hurry us into trouble. Before you have a chance to see that this is wrong, Isaiah 28, 16 says, He that believeth shall not make haste. Shall not make haste. So we don't, don't be in a hurry. Don't let the devil push you into something that's error. Faith doesn't get in a hurry. Follow those who through faith and patience obtain the promise. Patience is the fruit of the spirit. The devil will always try to hurry you, hurry you, hurry you, Hurry you, if you don't do this, this will spoil quickly, quickly. If you don't marry her now, somebody else will marry her quickly, 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 quickly. Do not. The Bible says you have need of patience. You have need of patience. And so number three is choosing how God guides us. Sometimes we, we try to choose how God will speak to you, how God will guide you. That is wrong. You don't have any scripture that gives us that privilege at all. It, we don't get to choose how God guides us. We really don't get to choose how God deals with you. It's up to God how, how he deals with you, how he guides you. It's entirely his choice. In Isaiah 40, 13, who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who can advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Don't know enough to teach him how to talk to you, teach him how to deal with you. You don't know enough. Verse 14, has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? So we don't have, the, we don't have that option of choosing how God deals with us or choosing how God will speak to you. Any way that he chooses to speak to you, 
That's the way he will communicate to you. And then, this one is serious. Seeking to hear audible voices. Or seeking to see a supernatural manifestation. Before you know God is guiding you. There is no chapter or verse that gives us that privilege at all. That will open you up to demonic attack. Let me repeat. It will open you up to demonic attack. And it can destroy your life. It can ruin, it can make you go crazy. Demons can make you lose your mind. It has happened several times to Christians. Do not seek to hear voices, please. Do not seek to see a supernatural manifestation so that you now say, ah, God has spoken to me. Or I want to see a vision or see an angel appear to me. Demons will accommodate you. They will come because they know you are not standing on scriptural grounds. You have strayed into error already. And they will accommodate you and show you things. A lot of people have been deceived that way. Even ministers of the gospel with very big ministries have been deceived because they saw what, what looked like a, an angel with white and everything, giving them instructions that are totally unscriptural. So you don't seek voices. You don't seek supernatural manifestations. Now, some people expect God to tell them what they want to hear. We, we have our plans well, well made up and our minds made up. And we want God to endorse it. God is not, you are not leading God, God is leading you. So God is not going to come and be endorsing whatever you do. Then you are the one, why do you need him? Since you know what you are doing. So this is something that some people do and they say God has not spoken. They want to marry Mary. Oh, it's Mary. So God must say it's Mary. And God is saying it's not Mary, but they don't want to hear that because their mind is made up. They want to be doctors, doctor, doctor, God. Oh, I must go into medical school. And God is saying, no, I didn't create you for that. Oh, no, no, it has to be medical school. But, uh, uh, God has not spoken. But God has been telling you, you you are not supposed to be in medical school. Because there are many other things God can use you for, and you have fulfillment in life. You know, so sometimes we have these are our plans made up. We want God to affirm them. And uh, so we now say, yeah, God is not leading me. Because now you, God is telling you what you want to hear from him. And never expect God to guide you the same way he did with another person. Some people share testimonies, how God led them, and how God did. And you just copy it, thinking that God must do the same for you. It's not true. It's a dangerous thing to do. Don't do that. Don't do that. God chooses how to guide you, chooses how to deal with you in life. Now, this one is something that will now lead us to one main point that I want to really emphasize on today. Putting out a fleece. You know what a fleece is? If I go to propose to her, if she says yes, then it's God. It's fleece. Putting out a fleece. If I go, Lord, I'm going to propose to her now. If she says yes, then I know it's you guiding me. It doesn't work like that. And then you go and she says yes, and you say God has spoken. And after six months, you find out it's not God. It doesn't work like that. If I'm going to this interview, if they, if they take me, then God is you. It doesn't work that way. Take your time and find out the will of God. Take your time. Patiently seek God and make sure that what you are doing is from God. Now, in Judges 6, 36, And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. Verse 38. And it was so. For he rose so early in the morning, in the, in, in, on the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wring the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. 39. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thy anger be hot against me. I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so 
that night. For it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Now when you read this, you say, wow, Gideon did that. So it's scriptural. It is not. It is not. Gideon lived in the Old Testament. And you must understand that Gideon at this point was neither a prophet, was neither a priest. And um, so he didn't have the, the anointing of God on him. He didn't have the anointing of God on him. Because only the king, the priest, the prophet, were the people that God anointed, they got anointed with oil, and upon whom the spirit and the anointing of God came to be able to serve God in those capacities in those times. The rest of the people had nothing. They didn't have it. And so, at that point, they didn't have God in them. God was not living in them. Nobody had the life of God until Jesus came. So God was accommodating them by showing them things externally. They couldn't really, they had to walk by sight because they were dead in spirit time. They were dead. So they had to walk by sight. And so God would accommodate this kind of thing because of they didn't have the capacity that we have today. It's just like God said to Israel at that time, you know, he said, you know, you could divorce your wife and things like that. But Jesus came and said, it has not always been so. He said, God allowed it because of the hardness of your heart. But now we don't have that heart of stone. So you can't go and quote this person divorced his wife in the Old Testament. Did David married many wives? So you say, that's the reason you marry many wives. Because Jesus said, no, from the beginning it wasn't so. But because they had hardness of heart, they could not follow and follow the covenant of love. They couldn't. They couldn't at all. But Jesus said, now you don't do that because now God said, I've given you a new heart. I've taken away that stony heart that made them do that. Now you have a new heart. You have the heart of God. You have the, you have the mind of Christ. So you don't, you don't divorce your wife because now you have the love of God with which to love her or love him. So you see, so this, those people at that time, their condition were different. They were carnal people. Totally carnal people. So Gideon was very carnal. And so God accommodated their carnality because he, they have not been created new. They have not been created new. They have not received the spirit of Christ in them. And so they, God will just show them things that they will see. They were walking by sight. So God will do that to help him to understand what God was saying. But it's no more so for us. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So now, it's a different ball game for us who are believers. We are not in the Old Testament or the time of Gideon. We are spirit beings. You are a spirit being. I am a spirit being. And I will dwell on this for a while. Because if you get this point alone this night, your entire life, your entire life will change drastically. You will see yourself walking in incredible victory. You will see yourself experiencing the benefit of the eternal life you have. You will see yourself experiencing the benefit of the presence of God in you. Your life will take a new turn. Victory will be continuous. And then guidance of the Holy Spirit will be easy. So you must know that we are spirit beings, not natural beings, in whom the Spirit of God lives. And we have been given the life of God. We have the life of God in us. So we are now being led by the Spirit of God because we are sons of God. So we have fellowship. You know, fellowship is according to type. God is a spirit, so we fellowship with him now because we are spirit. Animals fellowship together. Spirit fellowship together. If we are not born against spirit, we will not have fellowship with God. But because we are now spirit, we, are now, we can now fellowship with him. And then his spirit can now witness to us, share with us what God is doing. 
Now he says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, who are the sons of God? Who are the sons of God? John 3, 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The one that is the Son of God is that which is born of the Spirit. Verse 7, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. John 1, 12, so you understand better what I'm saying. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, verse 13, watch this verse 13, which were born, not of blood, not of blood. The one that is the son of God is not the one born of blood, born of flesh, born of blood, born of flesh. Unless a man is born again, he can't. He can't. So he's not that one born, born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. This is not the one that is the son of God. Church, if this is one that is the son of God, then everybody is the son of God. This is not the one. This one is from flesh. This one is from the will of flesh. Husband and wife. This is not what God calls my son. This is not the son of God. Listen to the Bible. Verse 13. Which were born not of blood, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. That is not the son of God. Which one is the son of God? But the one that is born of God, the one that God gave birth to, is your spirit. It's your spirit that God gave birth to. That's the one God calls my son. It's in him that the life of God is. He has the DNA of God. Just like my children have my DNA, and my sons. So they ha- we have the DNA of God. We are spirit. God says, that which is born of spirit is spirit. That which is born of God is the one that the Holy Spirit is referring to as the sons of God. As the sons of God. Members of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not flesh. It's not that which is born of flesh. Remember, that also have received eternal life. And this eternal life is not from your father or your mother. This life we now have is from God. So the one that is the son of God is not the one that is born of the flesh. I pray that God will help you understand this. That's why the Bible calls us peculiar people. That's why we are peculiar. You are peculiar because you are a spirit being in whom God lives. You are a spirit being that God has given his nature, his love poured in you. His spirit lives in you. That's why you are peculiar. That's why you are different. If you understand this, you will not allow anything that is, that is normal, that happens to everybody else to happen to you. Because you know, no, it's not for me. It can be for the one born of the flesh, but it's not happening here. Because I'm peculiar. I have the life of God in me. How come we have the life of God in us? But our life is, regular, is the same thing with everybody else. So what difference does it make that the Almighty lives in me? What, is, what difference then does it make? It's because we do not understand that we are a spirit being in whom God lives. The one that is born of God is your spirit, your real person. The flesh will die, decay, smell, hear, go. But you, the real son of God, will move on to your father in heaven. The real you in whom God lives will move on. It doesn't die. You go to your father in heaven. Still talking, still praising God there. But you are here, real, alive, exactly. The same person that will go to heaven is is, is here. That's the people that God is calling. If, if If that is not the son of God, then when we die, everything is over now. But it's not like that. First John 3, 9 says, no one, no one born begotten of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices him. 
For God's nature abides in him. God's nature abides in him. God's nature abides in you. God's nature abides in me. So the reference to being sons of God, as many as are laid by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Which means the spirit, it is your spirit that the Holy Spirit will lead, not your flesh. Not that one that is born of the will of flesh. That one is not the son of God. That is sinful nature. It's sinful by nature. It doesn't have the nature of God. Don't even understand what God is doing. It doesn't belong to God. It belongs to this earth. That's why it's headed. That's why it's headed. And remember, it doesn't even have life of its own. When the spirit lives, it dies. It dies. So we must understand very well that the person that God is referring to is you, that you are a spirit being in whom God lives. So the Holy Spirit is guiding you by your spirit being. The Holy Spirit has nothing to do with that one born of the will of the flesh. This one born of the will of flesh is sand. It is sand. By nature, it's not spiritual. It is sand. It's not spirit. So God won't guide you by that. It won't guide you by your feelings, guide you by what you see. No, it doesn't work through that. It works only by the Son of God. The Son of God is leading. It's your spirit. It's your spirit. It's your spirit. If you get this tonight, there will, this has been a major hindrance to so many people walking with God, hearing God, being in fellowship with God, understanding God, enjoying their benefits on the cross. Because they, do, they see themselves perpetually as the one born of the flesh, born by the will of men. God says, no, that's not the person I'm talking about. And so if we, if we don't change and begin to see us, what God is talking to, we will miss God. Because we will expect guidance by the natural thing. And then we talk from the natural thing. And then we use our intellect. And then we use the carnal reasoning. And then we, we follow the view, view of the world. Because we don't know that we are a spirit being in whom God lives. We don't know. We don't know. We don't understand it that way. Romans 8, 16 again. The spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit. So it doesn't witness with our flesh. It doesn't witness with your feelings, goose pimples, your intellect. Actually, the Bible says we should not lean on to that our own understanding. We shouldn't lean on it because it's worthless. God doesn't walk through there. Unfortunately, many Christians don't get this. They live in the canal all their lives. Talking the kind of I've said it before. This is why they hear someone, but it doesn't go down. Give 30 minutes, they forget it and still living the way they live, doing the same thing. They just said, Wow, that's true, that we shouldn't be doing this. But why do you continue to do that? Why? It's because you you see yourself as the natural, you see yourself, you know, because you are a human being, see yourself as a human being. You have no consciousness of who God is talking to. You have no consciousness of who God is, is leading. You have no consciousness that that summer was not preached to your flesh. It was preached to the spirit man. You have no consciousness of that. So you are disconnected from God. You had that summer, but you had it from your intellect. It won't bear fruit. It won't be, prayers won't work. Faith is of the spirit. Is that spirit man that exercises faith. The flesh cannot exercise faith. It's impossible. So the spirit will bear witness with your spirit. We preach to your spirit. When you read the Bible, the Bible is speaking to your spirit. It's not talking to your natural being. I feel like, is he relevant there? It's not talking to you. He's talking to your spirit. The son of God, the one that will live beyond this earth, is talking to him. 1 Corinthians 2.9 But as it is written, I had not seen, nor ear had, neither have entered into the heart of man. See? <laughs> what God does does not, I had not seen. Ear doesn't hear. 
or enter into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. Those, those things, it, it, it's not revealed to them. God is not showing it to them. He's not showing it to, to, this, to your eye, to your deeds, to your... It's not. God's not talking to your that one that is born of the flesh. He's not talking to that man at all. Get it today. Go on your knees and say, Lord, reveal this thing to me. It will change your life so drastically. You will be so amazed. You will be so amazed to see the power locked up in you begin to manifest. You will be so amazed how your fellowship with God will come alive. You'll be so amazed. It will surprise. You'll be so amazed. Verse 10. 1 Corinthians 2. 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Look at that. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. God, who is us? Let's keep reading. Verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of the man that is in him. That's the person God revealing it to him. The person that knows the things of a man. You don't know anything by your intellect. You don't know beyond the next two minutes. Your intellect is severely limited. He said, your intellect doesn't know anything about you. Because you are a spirit being. You are a spirit being. Let me read it again. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. That spirit that God is talking to is the one that knows things about you. So it's the one that God is revealing these things to. Verse 12. I mean, verse, the same verse 11. Even so, the things of God know it no man by the Spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. See? We have received the Spirit of God in us. We have also been made Spirit ourselves. Made Spirit ourselves. The Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Us is not your flesh. Us is your Spirit. Verse 13. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. It is not, man's wisdom is not in it. I pray that God would help us understand this. Man's wisdom is not in it. But with the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. There is nothing physical, carnal, from the earthly world that is involved in this. Spiritual things with spiritual things. Not with carnal things, not with carnal understanding, nothing. Now look at verse, uh, verse uh, 14. But the natural man now received not the things of the Spirit of God. That, that which is born of the flesh, by the will of the flesh, does not receive the things of God. Does not receive them. For they are foolishness unto him. So how do you think God is talking to him? How do you think God is addressing your intellect, addressing your carnal nature, addressing all those things? But I'm telling you, this is where people get stuck. No faith, no power, and we're wondering where is God? Because what we look at and want to receive from God is what God says, I don't deal with that thing. I don't deal with that thing at all. So it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. It's not about how you feel, it's not about how you see. I'm talking to somebody in you, lives in you, who knows about you. But the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. What does it mean to be, to, what does discernment mean? Discernment means to have understanding. It means to have understanding. To, to have perception. It is spiritually discerned. Now, our bodies. Let's, let's even talk about our bodies. What is this thing born of flesh, born of woman, that we look at as I'm standing here and I'm looking at myself? I'll be seeing this thing. Then I think I am this thing. But let, let's see what the Holy Spirit says that this thing really is. Second Corinthians 5. It says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, we are dissolved. We have a building of God and house not made with hands, 
eternal in the heaven. For we know. What do we know? Do you know that? You should know that now. For we know that if our earthly house, that's what it calls this thing, earthly house. He said the spirit in you know the things of the man. This is a house, brethren. Don't look at this. This is a house. How this thing feels, how it talks, or how it understands this is totally relevant. It's a house, earthly house, that God gave you to, to be able to stay, live in this earth. Earthly house. There is nobody who goes to your house and starts talking to your house. Nobody does that. You don't, go, you don't write a letter to my, to my house. You write a letter to the occupants of the house. The occupant of this earthly house is your spirit. Not this thing, for God's sake. Not this thing. We have missed it longest time. Not this thing. The occupant of that house is your spirit that God is talking to. And when this earthly house goes down, your spirit leaves. Still vibrant. Still talking. Still worshiping God. And until we understand this, there is no spiritual development. There's no spiritual growth. Brethren, spiritual growth is not natural growth. It's not intellectual development. It's not, it's not that. It is spiritual growth. It is called spiritual growth. It's not intellectual development at all. It is nothing like that. So when you talk of spiritual growth, it has nothing to do. The Bible says, lean not unto your own understanding. It's not your development, I'm developing. No! Intellectual development is totally different. You do that in schools. You go to school and develop intellectual. But spiritual growth is the development of your spirit. The growth of your spirit. Growth in the, in the manifestations and the activities of your spirit that lives in you. And when you don't recognize that spirit, when you don't know who you are, I want you to explain to me how you have growth in that area. When you don't know that God is talking to your spirit, how do you receive from God when you have locked your spirit out and everything is by this, this, this other thing? How do you receive this thing that makes you grow spiritually? How? You see how somebody can have emotional anger, everything for years, it's still there, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Because the means through which God will guide him and talk to him, he doesn't even recognize it. He doesn't recognize it. He's looking at the house. Oh, how I feel today. Oh, I don't feel this. It's a house. I want to show you that Paul, they knew this. He said, we, I know. I know this is not me. This is a house. Now listen to this one. Listen to this one. Talk to your spirit directly. Listen. I want you to listen to Paul. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 4. While we live in these earthly bodies, did you hear that? We groan and sigh, but it is not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Did you hear that? Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. This is what he's calling this thing, dying bodies. He says, he's he he clothing us. Look at verse 5. God himself has prepared us, us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even when we know that as long as we live in these bodies, who is the one living in these bodies? Listen to Paul and see their understanding of the gospel and salvation and what it means and who was saved and where God lives and who God is talking to. How can Paul, verse 6, so we are always confident, we know this, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. Who is the we? Who is we that Paul is talking about? He's talking about us, the spirit born again, the sons of God. Who is the we? Who is the we that are absent? It's, listen to this. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. 
We know that. For we live by believing and not seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord. Who is the we that will be away from these earthly bodies and be at home with the Lord? Is the Son of God. It is you, the spirit man. You are a spirit being in whom God lives and God talks to you, directs you, guides you, talking to your spirit, not talking to the one born of the will of man. Not that one. First Corinthians 9.27 But I keep under my body. Oh, really? This is Paul saying, I and my body. He's differentiating it. He said, this body, I control it. I, who is I? Obviously, it's not referring to the one born of the flesh, born of the will of man. He's talking about the one born of God. I keep under my body and bring it onto subjection. That's not part of what God is doing with me. Ephesians, Galatians 6.18 Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. He said the grace should be with your spirit. The grace of God is for your spirit. It's for your spirit. It's for your spirit. So you now, your spirit can now control your flesh. Control your body. Control your body. Determine what your body does. And determine what comes into your body. What, is, what doesn't come there. Because your spirit knows everything about you. Galatians. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.22 The Lord Jesus Christ. Be with your spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ. Be with your spirit. Be with your spirit. Be with your spirit. So you see, Paul knows. He said, we know. We are confident of this. We know what we're talking about. That God is talking to my spirit. And I'm a spirit being very much alive. He said, we, we, we. Even describing us, we. We are spirit beings. Peculiar people. We are not normal. We are not usual. The things that happen to usual normal people can happen to you. You need to resist it. I know I'm peculiar. Do you understand? By my spirit, I resist it. By my spirit, I resist it. Romans 1.9 For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit. Are you kidding me? Uh, who I serve with my spirit. I serve God by my spirit. My spirit is the one serving God. My spirit is the one communicating with God. My spirit. My spirit. My spirit. Can you say that with me? My spirit. Say it again with me. My spirit. My spirit is serving God. My spirit is serving God. My spirit. My spirit. So, we need to be conscious of this fact. We have to be conscious of this fact. We need to be conscious of this fact that we are spirit beings. Now, let's talk about the house we live in. We have 17 minutes more. Let's talk about the house we live in. This house. 1 Corinthians 15, 17. The spirit man is of the earth. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 47. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So this, this body we're talking about is from the earth. It's earthly. And James 2, 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without the works is dead also. So this body without the spirit is dead. Totally dead. It's not spiritual by nature. It is not spiritual. It's carnal. Now listen to this. Your body, this body, was not designed to contact the spirit world with it. That's why you don't see angels. That's why you don't hear what they say in the spirit world. You don't hear it because your eyes, your ear, your body was not designed to contact spirit, spirit world at all. 
And if it's not designed to contact the spirit world at all, how do you think that guidance of the spirit will come through that? That God didn't design for you to see into the spirit world with, for you to hear God with. Jesus said, he that has ear, let him hear. There's another ear, there's another eye. This physical thing from our parents, that are from the will of man, was not designed to contact the spirit world at all. Like, but that's how Christians live their life. They think, they think they're contacting God with it. You know how they feel. They do this. And they're not contacting God at all. And so, we can't walk by it if we want to walk by faith. Because faith is about things not seen. So the Bible says don't walk by sight. Don't walk with this thing that doesn't contact the spirit world. It contacts only the natural world. So you can use it to see I don't, I, you see the natural world because your eye is made to see it. But your eye can't see spiritual things. It can't see an angel here. It can't see anything spiritual. It's not made to contact it with it at all. And you can't by your intellect contact the spirit world. It's not possible. It's not, the, this one is from the earth. This one is from heaven. It's not the, two different worlds altogether. So we don't contact the spirit, spirit world with our natural faculties. And then again, the word of God was written to your spirit man. John 6, 63. The spirit alone gives eternal life. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Only the spirit gives eternal life. The words of God are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. And he knew who would betray him. Then he says something in verse 65 that, that explains it all. He said, then he said, that is why I said to, to, that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. They can't hear what I am saying unless the Father gives them permission to hear it with their spirit ears. So they can't come unless my Father gives them to me. All this, the words I'm speaking to you, their spirit, you can't hear it. You can't because your natural ears is not designed to, to have contact with anything spirit. This word is spirit. Your natural ear cannot have contact with it. You can hear it, but you won't hear it. He said, so you can't come unless my father gives you permission. Permission allows you to hear it with your spirit. So you can't come. That's why people hear someone. They don't, they don't respond. Because they hear it with the natural ears. They don't, know, they don't have an idea that they are supposed to be. And the reason, because we don't have that idea, we don't, we don't ask God to reveal this thing to us. If it's not important to you, God will not reveal it. Your spirit will be there, shut out, inactive, here, just sitting there. Until you learn to walk by your spirit. That's why living the life of the spirit is very important. Because you have to put your spirit to work. And you desire to hear God. You know it's by my spirit that we hear this thing. You go to God in prayer. Open my eyes of understanding. Open my eyes, oh Lord. Open my eyes. I can't hear with this thing. Open my eyes. God will permit you in this flesh with your spirit that is in you, that your spirit will begin to hear the word with his spirit. You begin to contact the word of God with your spirit. Because with your natural senses, you cannot make contact with anything spiritual. Nothing. Zero. So when you hear with your natural ears and you have this emotional he you go out at the parking lot. Before you go home, you are forgotten. Nothing is working. So if we know that, we have desire. When you have desire, go to God in prayer and say, God, you need to open my eyes. Look at Luke 24, 45. Then open he their understanding. Which understanding? Is it the one the scripture says you should not lean on? No, there's another understanding. He gave them permission because they desired, because they wanted, because it was important to them. So he, 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 by their spirit, they could connect, contact the word which is spirit. So that understanding is not the one the Bible says don't lean on it. No. This understanding is the one that the Bible says it is spiritually discerned. It is spiritually understood. Your spirit is the one that understands it. 
So they were now seeing it not with natural eyes, which cannot contrast spiritual world, but with their spirit eyes, eyes of understanding. Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sense is. Your eyes of understanding, spiritual discernment, is not this one, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. It's not thy own understanding. It's not the one that comes from your flesh we are talking about. This is the one of your, the, that your spirit discerns, your spirit understanding, spiritual understanding. That's what I'm talking about. And only God, only the Spirit of God can allow, can give, can make it work. Can make it work while you're here, clothed in this body. If you have desire, if you, that's why people come to church, they don't have desire for anything. They walk in leisurely, you know, come and dance, you know, do everything and go home. Nothing, is, their spirit mind is locked in, is dormant, is doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. They live their life totally by their mental being, by their carnal being, read scripture by their carnal being, pray by their carnal being. Oh my God. So, the guidance of the Holy Spirit is through your spirit. That's where I'm going. It's through your spirit. Whether it's from the scripture, it's by the spirit. It's by your spirit. It's through your spirit that the Holy Spirit guides you. That's why you can't look for guidance from things external. It's happening inside you. It is happening inside you. Again, Romans 8.16. It says, the spirit is a bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So it's, our, it's inside of us that the whole thing is, um, is happening. And then look at First John 5 thing. He that believed on the Son of God had the witness in himself. First John 5 thing. The witness is in himself. In himself. Not outside. Guidance is from within. In himself. In himself. We, we, we need to unlock our spirit by acknowledging it. We need to, living in the spirit is a very important thing because that is the spirit that, that God talks to, guides you through it, that knows the things about you and the things of God. That is the spirit that hears the word of God. That is the spirit that God witnesses to. What is it? That is the spirit that has fellowship with God, not your flesh. People don't know the importance of this thing, this topic, living by the spirit. Their spirit is locked up Totally locked up. It is sad. Very sad. Oh, it's heartbreaking, brethren. That what God invested in us, with his life in it, with his presence in it, that has the power to do everything, is locked up. And we're into religion. Into this. Into religiousness. 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 Everything God gave us is in that spirit. Is there. The presence of God is there. The covenant it has, it has with that spirit, not with your flesh. It's right there. Unleash your spirit. Unleash it. Acknowledge it like Paul says. Yes, we, our spirit, we know, we're sure that this is a body. My spirit is every day wake up and confess it and thank God and say, Lord, I give you praise. You created me a new man. My spirit is alive. In that spirit is God. I'm a peculiar person. And by my spirit, I will hear you. By my spirit, you will guide me. By my spirit, I have fellowship with you. Not the one that is born of the flesh. Not the one that is born of women. No, 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 no. Born by you. And then the Bible says, when we pray in the spirit, that our spirit is praying. Our spirit is praying. So our spirit talks. First Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in unknown tongue, my spirit pray it. My spirit is praying. It's talking to God. My spirit is talking to God. So we must live by this new man. It's important that we live by this new man. It's very important that we live by this new man. Because if we do that, if we do that, then we, we really live in fullness of what God, Jesus died for us to have. My question is, how can we have eternal life in us, the life of God, the nature of God, the love of God, the presence of Jesus in us, and we live like mere people. That's what the Bible is saying. Cannot people live like mere human beings? We live like mere people. We live in religion, figuring out, 
20 days fasting, figuring out the blessing that God gave us is not working. Because the person that he gave it to that will manifest it and control your flesh is locked down somewhere. And you are so interested in rituals and religion. You are not even interested in knowing what God is teaching. It's sad. Very, very sad. So I want to emphasize this evening that the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit to the Christian is strictly by the Spirit that lives in you, not by your flesh. If you get this, then we can make progress. We can really, really make progress. And I think that what I will do is that I'll stop here so that next Thursday I'll pick it from here and we'll talk about saving the soul. How it's important to renew your mind, renew your soul, because the soul of man is where the, the, you have uh, your, uh, your intellectual decisions are made. But your spirit needs to control, control your soul. It needs to control your soul. It needs to. If it doesn't control it, your flesh will control it and you, you live a carnal life. You, the Bible says all the issues of life come from there. Your spirit needs to control. Paul said, I control my flesh, control my soul, control everything. And then you need to see that it's important that the first thing you need to do in controlling your soul is to bring it into the knowledge of renewing your mind to acknowledge the work of salvation, the new man that God gave you, the new spirit that you are. You begin to acknowledge it because that is true. Then that reality will dawn on you and God will give you the revelation of it by your spirit. And you understand who you are. And then you can walk by faith. You don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. You walk by faith. And the Lord, you will see, the, you will see greater glory of the manifestation of the, the Lord Jesus in your life. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Our precious Father, we just want to thank you again for you are talking to us about something fundamental. Fundamental. Very important. Without it, we are doing nothing. We can't lock up our spirit, ignore our spirit, and be doing religion, jumping all over the place. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Because we have no other thing that contacts the spirit world except our spirit. We have no other thing that contacts the living God, the Father of spirits, except that our spirit. Father, I pray that you help us to really, really understand this so that our mind will be sufficiently renewed so that spiritual growth will start to take place. But if we walk by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. We control our flesh. We control it by that Spirit. Father, help us to understand these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.